Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. My name is Joshua Voles. I am the site manager, Emperor Supreme Warlord, and defender of the faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me tonight are my cohorts over at OFT, Jude Seymour, Brendan McElinden. Fellows, what's up? Hey, Hey, uh, Josh, do, do you go by Josh, Joshy, or Joshua? It all depends. My aunts all call me Joshy. My mom will call me Joshy every once in a while. My aunts really lay that in. When I was younger and trying to be more sophisticated meeting the uh, uh, women who were a few years older than I was, I would always make sure I said Joshua. Uh, but I got caught in that one time, and uh, there was a group of ladies who just called me Uwa because I had corrected somebody by saying Uwa, trying to be an asshole. And, uh <laughs> That was, like, that was a yeah. calm moment. So, yeah. so there, is a, there is a lovely group of ladies who are probably in their 50s now, uh, living in Defiance, Ohio, who refer to me as Uwa. <laughs> That's a good story. <laughs> just, that, that made me laugh. <laughs> it's a uh, terrible story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you remember that guy? Remember that guy, Uwa? <laughs> like, oh, the I'm Joshua. Stop? Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was when I took my stab at gold digging in my early twenties. <laughs> so, <laughs> shot, man. I, hey, I you know it works for other people. I thought uh, I'd give it a shot. Uh, that didn't work out. <laughs> Suffice to say. Oh man, there is just a God. Don't you guys love the off season? It is either dry as the fucking Sahara or it is wet with news. And right now it is wet. With news, it is the Amazon, um, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, where do we start? I we gotta start with a big one, right? Sounds on brand. Yeah, let's let's talk about our, our Lord and Savior. Yes, Reeses take the wheel. Tommy Rees named Notre Dame or <laughs> the offensive coordinator, not co-offensive coordinator, as some had maybe projected him to be. He is the man right now at Notre Dame. <sighs> I love it. I I know you know. I have no idea if this is going to be a good hire or not, uh, or a great. I should say a great hire. I think it's a good hire, but I love it right now. I mean, right right now in this moment, I am uh, extremely excited and hopeful for the future. This is the way college football and just football in general goes now, though. Um, and and I, I you got to say that Sean McVay was the one that really broke the mold when he took the offensive coordinator job at uh, the Washington Redskins and then right. And then in 2000, not even three years ends up the head coach of the LA Rams at age 30. So I believe he was Tommy Reese's age and he was the offensive coordinator of an NFL franchise. And then you see Joe Brady at LSU. This is just the way that the sport's going now and they're pivoting away from retreads. And now it's about trying to find the next Sean McVay and, there couldn't be a more perfect story than Tommy Reese becoming that next great thing. Uh, I'm going to respectfully disagree. I don't think this is, a, I don't think this is a trend at all. Um, I think Brendan, you and I did uh, the, the, the research on this and hiring 27 year old coordinators is just, it's just not something, at least on the offensive side of the ball is not really something that that's done. Uh, Charlie Weiss Jr. being the 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 exception there. I know right. Joe, Joe Brady. Exception. Joe Brady was passing game coordinator, which uh, again I, I think it should probably be mentioned that Lance Taylor 
is now the run game coordinator for, for Notre Dame. I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure what that means in terms of additional duties. I, I imagine it comes with additional pay. Um, but I just, I don't think that we're, I don't think Sean McVay has, has made anybody trend towards anything. I think this is, this is all about still about who, you know, and connections. And I, I think Kelly, you know, I, I think I might've said this on a previous podcast. I've certainly said this to other people. Um, this is Kelly's legacy, you know, stab at a legacy stab at a, at a coaching tree, um, that people will look back fondly that if, if Tommy Reese is a success and, and Tommy goes on to be a head coach and, and he has assistants and they go on to be head coaches, then they, they say they fell from the, the Brian Kelly tree, you know? And, um, and, and, and I don't think, I, I think people have made this point on, on Twitter and, and other places. I don't think this is a safe pick at all. There's, there's absolute risk in picking a 27 year old with no prior coordinator experience to be your offensive coordinator of a team that has playoff aspir playoff or bust aspirations. Um, this could blow up. It's absolutely risky. I mean, this is a this is a this so, is the it's a big balls moment. So yeah, for the people that were like, oh, he played it safe. I I, I just I fundamentally disagree. There, I don't think there was anything now, safe about a, this. There is an argument to be made that he played it lazy. That is actually a more valid argument than he played it safe. Right. I don't agree with it. I mean, I don't agree that it's a lazy. Uh, decision, but I think you can make a more valid statement saying it was lazy rather than safe. Right, because let's let's add up what we know. Right, Joe Joe Brady, um, despite there being some sort of interest from from Notre Dame, apparently was actually never contacted by Notre Dame. So I'm not sure how you can express interest in somebody that you don't contact. Yeah, I got and some then, bad info on that one. <laughs> and then and then uh, um, from what everyone has kind of said. No one knows for sure if Joe Moorhead was ever contacted, right? So if they don't know, it stands. I was to told that he was. I was told that he was, but then about twenty other people, not twenty, but there's been a few that that said no, he was not. Right. So. At, at the very least, I we haven't heard of anything where there was a sit down interview or anything like that. In fact, we haven't heard about a sit down interview for for anybody besides Tommy. So let me let me ask you: Does that bother you? I mean. In, in, the, in the sense that does it bother you that Brian Kelly just didn't say I'm fucking all in for Tommy. He's my boy from the day, from the, from the moment, you know, from the moment we kicked the shit out of Iowa state in the camping world bowl. I've, I knew he was my guy. Like, I, I think he knew before the, the camping. No, bowl. I do. I do too, but just to soften it a little bit. I mean, I, Look, if you but, don't but, care, if you don't me, care what the perception, if you don't care what the perception of the program is, he does care about the perception. But I mean, I, to his own, I think he cares about his perception. Like people are going to think that he's not trying. But I think I would be more impressed with it if he just said, "You know what? He's the fucking man, and this is what we're going to do." Like I, I would respect that more than what has gone on. And I like the I mean, I like the decision anyways. I like, I'm, I'm a supporter of what's happening. But I would have liked it better if he just would have been more straight up, fuck the world, brazen about it. Get used to it. Yeah, yeah. I honest to God, I mean, just go with it, man. You've been there a decade. You have the right. I mean, regardless of what any Kelly hater says or whatever, it doesn't really matter. So who is you, he you have, you have the absolute right just to say this is what I want to do. It it goes back to what a lot of people have been saying. Look, Brian Kelly's legacy is on the line. 
So if you think that he's just mailing it in, I don't think you really understand how ego works and how being a professional works. He's he's not just he's not mailing it in for a pit. That was Tyrone Willingham, not not Brian Kelly. So he is. I think he's very aware of his legacy. Like Notre Dame's it. After that, it's not going to be coaching anywhere. It's going to be in a broadcast booth or whatever the hell else Brian Kelly wants to do. But this is going to be the lasting impression. This is what, you know, all those years at Grand Valley State, you know, led up, has led up to. He's trying, he wants to make sure that his got a safe, it comes down to legacy. So Tommy, put, that, put that in jeopardy does not seem like that would be in line. I think this is what he wants to do because he thinks it's the best thing for Notre Dame. And I would just respect that more if he just said it like that than to, than to bring about some like, yeah, we, we did a big search just to appease people or media or what or whatever to, that you know you did that you did your due diligence. Well, maybe your due diligence is just your gut. Brian Kelly's always been, and when they sold Brian Kelly at the onset, it was that he was the son of a politician and that he was really good at glad handing and playing the political game. And politically Which I, speaking, he is not. I, I was say, I'd argue he I, sucks at it. I, I, but I mean, politically speaking, though, the smarter play is for him to let it breathe a moment, say he's going to national search, don't really national search, and then announce Tommy Reese at a, at a later date, sort of in the shadow of the national championship. So then you can just get to work. And because Brian Kelly's, you, you, you spoke a lot about, um, his legacy, Brian Kelly's entire legacy is Tommy Reese. The first four years of his career at Notre Dame were explicitly detailed by Tommy Reese, the Tulsa game, Tommy Reese. The conclusion of the season with Utah and USC, you know, Utah Army, USC, and then the bowl game against Miami. That's Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese, yeah. Oh, yeah. 2011 is Tommy Reese. 2012, Notre Dame doesn't go to the national championship if Brian Kelly isn't able to convince Tommy Reese to be maybe the the best former starter who's ever been relegated to the bench to come in and be like the ultimate team player. And then 2013, when you lose your starting quarterback that you expected to have, Tommy Reese is there to then um, pick up the pieces and salvage a season. The only seasons Brian Kelly's had without Tommy Reese on his sidelines are 2014, 2015, and 2016, right? Two of those are arguably the worst seasons of Brian Kelly's tenure at Notre Dame. <laughs> so Brian Kelly's entire tenure, his entire coaching career at Notre Dame, there is one singular thing other than you know Will Fuller in 2015. The one constant throughout everything is Tommy Reese. And he put all of his chips into the middle of the table on this 27-year-old uh, Wunderkind. And the hope is is that he's going to put a bow on Brian Kelly's coaching career, right? That's why I think Tommy has a chance to be – I mean, legit. Tommy has a chance to be one of the most legendary Notre Dame players that has ever lived, which is the most amazing thing about all of this. I mean, just think if – what if this goes well? What if this goes awesomely well and our offense is putting up over 40 points a game? The future for Tommy Rees. Head coach Notre Dame. Oh my God. And let's just, let's just say Tommy, you know, 
Let's say Tommy wins a title or two. Look, Tommy Reese has a chance. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I'm just yes. saying, this but, is where I, I'm, but, I'm. But this, I'm but this is what you got to think about. If if you're Notre Dame, right? Yeah. Your you your goal is a national championship. Yes. So so let's just say a decade from now, you name Tommy Reese as your as your new head coach, and he wins you a couple of titles within eight years or so. Sign, sign me up. Wouldn't Tommy Reese be the greatest Notre Dame player that has ever lived? I don't even think that no. it's a question of players. Why not? He just he just br- he just brought because you back. New Rock he played back. and coached. Well, then Tommy Reese I, played and coached, so he would be he would be entering into Newt Rockney territory. And we just put Tommy Reese's name in the same sentence as Newt Rockney. And frankly, I'm Newt here Rockney, for it. Right. I'm telling you, because he has a chance. He was a coach has no bearing on how you're how you're viewed as a player. He he was. He played to the best of his ability, but he's, we, he's never he's get, never going to be on anyone's so top 100 players. You know, he could be on their top 100 coaches, but he's not going to be on top Dude, obviously you don't work with PR. So let me tell you how this works. Tommy Rees, the ultimate team guy, the yeah. ultimate team player, the guy who has no physical abilities to play the game, Slow win two football games with a noodle arm, Got but with taken train, out by a cab driver, gets assaults a cop, champion, I the, the, the you could you could you could draw a line from the moment he stepped on campus as an early enrollee in 2010 to the time he wins a second national championship as the head coach of Notre Dame, and all you're picking up is these great moments and they're defying moments. Like Tommy Reese was never supposed to be a starting quarterback in Notre Dame, never. and he has defied all odds. He is the ultimate throwback Notre Dame player. He's better Rudy than Rudy is. They're gonna make yeah. a movie about him. Okay, look at Jesus. this. We're already. I got. I got to exit this saying, podcast. This he, is ridiculous. I just look, saying, I, he has look, a I'm, chance. I'm the to internet's set himself up as a. I'm the internet's foremost Tommy yeah. Reese apologist, and even <laughs> I can't bear the the level that you guys are taking this. <laughs> oh, I, I just, oh, this isn't even. This isn't even. I got a few logs. Well, I had the other day on the, on the toilet. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what both Jude and and you, Josh, are saying, and essentially what it is is. From a legacy standpoint, if what Josh says is correct, as far as legacy goes, only Joe Montana and um, Newt Rockney would have better post Notre Dame, like Notre Dame player legacies than Tommy Reese. But as far, I mean, he's not better than Jalen Smith as a Notre Dame football player, or, no, or that, no, yeah, but a legacy standpoint. It doesn't enhance yeah, his player profile if he's a great coach. That they have no bearing on no, each other. Like no. you, you've made this point no, that, past podcast. Yo, I, I, I absolutely agree. From a that, legacy, that, right? But that's not the point, Jude. The, when you when you're looking back, I mean, uh, when you're looking back 20, 25 years later, it's it's all legacy. So it doesn't really matter what he did as a player. It's the fact that he played there. You said the word player, though. You right, said but, it enhances him as a as one of the greatest Notre Dame players because he played there. Absolutely incorrect. So you can use that terminology. No, that's really player alum- how about player alumnus? How about we, we find the, a we the find it an Notre Dame alumnus of all time? It's it's Nicholas Sparks, Regis <laughs> Philbin. Like maybe I should just I, like look. If you guys want to make out with Tommy, oh, Reese, I can just, I can leave. I can really leave. I mean, it's just uh, no. Uh, I, I get what you're both saying, and like, I, I think Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship in 31 years, and you've already put two in Tommy's pocket. Come on. It's ridiculous. What else are you supposed to do when you're sitting there by yourself, dude? You just think, like, can this work out? Well, if this, works out, yourself, so. if, this, years, <laughs> if this works out, you can do this, 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 and this. 
You're not saying it's going to happen. I'm not projecting. I'm just saying, hey, here's a possibility. Here's something that can happen. That would be fucking great. So that's all. I, that's all I was going on. That that would be a chance to make him an all-time build the fucking statue. I mean, oh move, move Holtz's statue to the oh. joints. Oh my god. And here's the thing is when he accepts his first national title, uh, oh he will make sure that when he goes, you are embarrassing way, me. You're embarrassing me. Children, you're embarrassing me. When you put my exit oh. to the, to the stadium, it needs to say Tommy Reese entrance. Oh yeah. Uh, that's for the, to alumni, be a, listen, the alumni entrance. In, Tommy in Reese. 2000, listen in 2000 and, and 41, there needs to be a, a plaque in the tunnel, it just says Tommy. Just straight up. Hey, you Actually, the plaque, should just, the plaque should be his tweet with like yeah, his, just, his, his name, and like his handle on it, his little, his little icon, and it just says Tommy. Frame that tweet. Just All like right. the Tim Tebow speech one, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Except he's not as whiny as Tebow. No. All right, so just let me, let's dial this way back. Please, please. I mean, give me some honest, give me some honest feedback. I mean, I think all three of us are hopeful, but I mean, there's still some doubts, but so just kind of, kind of spin this for me a little bit. One of the things I mentioned when I, when I talked about this being a good hire uh, was the whole recruiting aspect, right? Recruiting, if the recruiting is a life quality program, it's important. I think I think Tommy Reese is probably Notre Dame's best recruiting asset right now, and you just gave him a shitload more power and authority. Really, he's the best recruiting asset right I, now. Or Lance Taylor, he, he's a damn good recruiter. He's a damn good. Re- I'm just saying. Okay, wait a second. Let's back this up. Let's back who's, best he, up. who's he? Who's he been responsible for? Who's he been Tyler the main Buckner. recruiter on? The Kyle, the the quarterbacks and Riley Mills, Tyler Buckner, Tyler Buckner. I'll just put it that way. Okay. Okay. Great. You're getting I mean, you're getting your good going. Who? I mean, okay. Who's Lance Taylor? Like maybe. Do you feel like maybe Brian Pullian's gotten a couple of pelts, and Mike Elson's got a couple of pelts, and Clark Lee, and you Chip know, Long? I mean, it, he's gone now, but he, he did a lot better than Tommy. Not about it's not about the pelts right now. To me, it's all about your potential. What a recruiter, and that's all it is. It's just okay. like right now you're going after a dog recruiter at a tight end coach. What's the pelts he's had for the last five years? I mean, who knows? But you know he's a fucking dog on the recruiting trail. I will say something that I think I like the most about this. Well, what I'm saying is that he's – he's you just gave one of your – okay. Let me just change that. Instead of saying best recruiter, one of your best recruiters, ultimate power and authority. Like Tommy Reese's guy is a decider now. So, so now. So now you just elevated this guy instead of – they're increasing their recruiting power – on that, uh, on their staff. That's kind of what I'm getting to as good as chip long was said to be. Oh, I mean, I totally not- disagree. I totally, you, you just lost chip long. You can't be increasing your, yes, power. you are. Yes, you are. He was, no, he was, no, Josh, he had, nobody, to, nobody's going to agree with you. No, here. no, 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 no. You're not, you're not going to, you're not going to fucking change my mind on this one at all. When chip fine, long got there. He's not you're a, wrong. Just stand there in your wrongness. And no, be wrong. that's ridiculous. You're trying to prove a point. So you're just going to say I'm wrong. Chip Long was not a good recruiter when he first got to Notre Dame. He had to oh, adjust and, and get there. Tommy Reese is already there, and now you're giving him that same authority. He can only get better. I think he will be a better 
recruiter than Chip Long. If Chip Long was so great of a fucking recruiter, somebody would have hired him as a GA right or as a analyst or some shit right now. He has he's out there swinging his dick with well, no job. I know, is it possible Chip Long doesn't want to be an analyst or a GA? Well, well he would not be a GA. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is Chip Long was not the recruiter he was when he, in 2017 as he is now. That's true. Tom, he Tommy, landed. Tommy he, is a Tommy is ahead of that of what Chip Long was at in 2017. That's all I'm saying. He landed Jordan Johnson. Chip Long did, which is the best I'm not saying wide he receiver he prospect. No, no, no. I understand both of what, what you're both saying, and you're you're both right. Chip Long, Less right? Possible. When he when well, no, because Chip Long when he came was not a very good recruiter. But when Chip Long left, Chip Long was probably one of the 10 to 15 best recruiters based off of what he was able to absolutely. get returns on in the game. And, and you're, Jude, you're absolutely right. But the, the question is, is whether or not Tommy Reese is going to be someone who can equal that. And with the outpouring that former players had and the stories that you're hearing from former players, like people who played with Tommy, people who coach, were coached under Tommy – and the sort of outpouring that you hear him, the, the notion that people are going to run through walls for him, the work that he did on Tyler Buckner, I think that maybe Josh could be right that he might have the possibility of being a good recruiter, but the jury still is out. But Josh is 1,000% wrong that right now we are in a better recruiting position. We have better recruiters than we do without Chip, without, without nope, Chip Long. I'm, 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 I'm absolutely correct on that. No, I'm Brendan, come on. Come on. Be the voice of reason here. Is Why? Why? Well, I guess I, I guess mean, you, how, how, you acknowledge how, that Chip Long was dude, intimately dude, responsible just, for just, the majority of the class that we just landed. Just for the simple, just for the simple reason is the longer Chip Long was at Notre Dame, the more toxic and toxic that 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 situation was getting. How he many convinced play- a hell of a lot of good people to come to Notre Dame? So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the the two wide receivers that were pulling in in twenty twenty one, right? Uh, the kid out of Georgia and the kid out of Colan- uh, uh, Columbus. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know how involved Brian, Brian Polian certainly has a, uh, Brian Polian more it's so not than fucking hard to recruit. All right. Can Tommy be better in chip long? Absolutely. Well, can, Ty Tom, found it very can, can, can Tommy, can Tommy relate better to kids? Hell yeah, he can. Cause he's only a few years fucking removed from high school. There's going to be a jet. There's going to be a something genuine, more genuine about Tommy going into a living room than chip long. I just, I feel that that you're acting like Chip Long is is a thousand years old. He's what thirty five, thirty six. I'm not. You're twisting everything I say. Go ahead and exaggerate every time I explain something. It's just a better situation. It is a better situation moving forward. Does Chip Long have recruiting wins? Fuck yeah, he does. He was ranked as well, like when the in the top ten by two four seven recruiters in the country. I get that. I think Tommy has that chance to be way better at that. You also a, think Tommy's going to bring us a national championship as a head coach in 18 years. So two, like two, two, two now. Well, I'm sorry. Sorry. Two. Jude if, Jude, if you take that as I'm predicting that, then we have, yeah, a, total, we're just having a, we have a total misunderstanding of what we're actually doing here. So I'm just, all I'm saying is that Reese has the chance to be a lot better. I think you were in a better situation recruiting wise now with this staff. I just do. Okay. You're saying that he has a higher ceiling. And, and, I, and if that's what you're saying, if you're saying that Tommy Reese has a higher ceiling than Chip Long, I cannot argue at all 
with that Tommy Reese and has a better perspective. We lack, we lack enough information to know who's right and who's wrong on that. And what I'm saying is, as, as, as you stand on, here today, you didn't have to worry about. Today, I don't think you have to worry about Tommy going anywhere. As long as Kelly's the head coach, if Tommy's succeeding as an offensive coordinator, you're not worrying about Tommy bouncing ship to go coach Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Whereas it was in the back, it was a easy thing to do for negative recruiting from another school or somewhere else saying, Hey, Hey, Chip Long, Chip Long was down in fucking Nick Saban's backyard every year. So it was an easy thing to say about, Hey, you know, you know, this guy, maybe bounce all that. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have that with Reese. He's not going anywhere. He's got one of his dream jobs interviewed for the Oregon job. Cause yeah. he didn't have the offensive coordinator job that he's got now. Duh. I think it's so <laughs> but, good to find out what kind of speaks back, to against your you, pro- point that you he's not Tommy going Reese, anywhere. Right? Do you think Tommy Reese is gonna is gonna go interview somewhere else for the offensive credit? Is he gonna go interview at Stanford or fucking Florida or Texas or Alabama as an offensive coordinator now that he has the offensive coordinator job at Notre Dame? Of course not. No, no he's not. But going. I think he'll interview for a head coaching job. Absolutely. I absolutely five, think. So. I don't think he's going anywhere. I okay. think that's I think, and it's easier. It's an easier way for him. It's an easier for him to, to or for anyone to say he's staying there like that than it was for uh, for anyone to say that about Chip so Long. If if Pat Fitzgerald gets canned at Northwestern and Northwestern says, "Hey, we're, we want to interview for a head coaching job," Tommy's like, "No, I'm all set at, at Notre Dame." Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a good I mean, question. Depends on the shape. You're talking about Northwestern here. You're not talking if he, about if he, Wisconsin. If he, if he, he has a GA in Northwestern. If he does as well as you think he's going to, and he has a Joe Brady esque season, you don't think the San Diego Chargers I, are going to call him and say, "Hey, we could really use an offensive, a quarterbacks coach, or an offensive, uh, offensive coordinator here." No, I'm sorry, Los Angeles no. Chargers. I apologize. I no. keep doing that. Los no, Angeles. San Diego. Do you call them San Diego? That's what I call them. Yeah, we call we, this, on this podcast. They're San Diego. They're San Diego. <laughs> it's still Jack Murphy Stadium, to me, and it still is the greatest uh, song of any <laughs> NFL team, by the way. No, I, I just don't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't think he's. I think college is. I think he's one of those guys where college is going to be suited to him. Okay. I don't. You know, and I can't tell you that. I mean, I, I with any certainty, I haven't asked Tommy Reese if he has NFL aspirations. He went there. Now he's here. He's going this route. I know he's thought of pretty well in NFL circles that he was around. He's got contacts there from where his dad. I just don't, I think Tommy's right exactly where he wants to be. I think Tommy's senior year at Notre Dame, he thought, you know what? I'm gonna come back here and do this. And that's what he's doing. I think he's I think he's out there dropping shades and being re- real happy and excited about his life plan with just check marks on it. He's going to be making seven figures, right? So yeah, I think fine. at age twenty-seven, at age twenty-seven, I think he's is, fine. I, I think he's fine. I, I don't think you need to. You're not going to worry about Tommy. Bowles. And if he's the cerebral kid that I think he is, I don't know if you take. I think that he's probably going to be content with remaining. And also, in and also remember, I'm talking. Years. I'm only, I'm only talking about, years. Dude, right, I'm only you, talking about Ryan Kelly's tenure. Yeah, like right. how many Which more years? Could be got? maybe three, five, two, three, five. Could be tw- 2023. Might be the last year. Yeah. So you're only talking about, you know, a few more years, Jude. Coordinators all... don't stay that long, though. What's that? The coordinators just don't usually typically stay that long. Unless it's Clemson. I'm just saying three three years right. at Notre Dame. I'm talking Dame about Notre Dame. Here three. at Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, but we haven't had Tommy Reese before. <laughs> three <laughs> years, four years. I mean, I think that could be – you could be seeing so that. Now, now, after, now, to... after, now, after Brian Kelly's time is done, does, does Reese bounce? If he doesn't get the head coaching job, of course you. I think I think it's a dumb, you know, obvious move. Do you want Tommy Reese to be your head coach? What's that? 
do you want Tommy Reese to be your head coach or would you rather him go somewhere and be I head mean, coach there? I already, I already gave two titles to the man. Of course I do. But <laughs> I, mean, no, I mean, at, at some point, I mean, if he's, if, if he's successful in, in, in the ways that I think that he can be, of course I would want him to come back and coach. I don't think it would be hand of the rings to Tommy after Kelly retires in 2023. If somehow some weird ass thing happens and Brian Kelly sticks on to like 2027 and Tommy just is like, I'm staying here until it's my job, maybe in 2027. But no, I, I don't think. Well, what, what, what's happened with Clark Lee in the interim? You don't, you'd rather, you'd rather have Tommy Reese over Clark Lee. I'd rather have Clark Lee. Um, Did I say that? But no, I, I mean, well, Clark Lee's. I don't know why Clark we're, we're, we're planning out Tommy Reese's life. I'm just wondering where I Clark Lee fits in. I, I said it with, I would like him to coach Notre Dame one day. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. I think okay. he stays until Brian Kelly leaves. Do I? And I also said, do I think they hand it to Reese after Kelly leaves in let's say 2023? No. So I'm not sure what part of that said. I said I don't want to, Clark Lee. I want Tommy Reese at that time. I didn't say any of that. What a fantastic, by the way, problem to have and having guys like Clark Lee and maybe Tommy Reese. But um, regardless of how Tommy Reese pans out, uh, it is nice to have young, exciting coaching staffs instead of having gone the route of hiring retreads like Munkin or uh, Moorhead, frankly. Um, I, mean, I, I was pretty – how scared shitless were you that Mike Denbrock's name kept getting brought up? Oh, God, I would have – that would have been worse. Co-offensive coordinator Tommy Reese for Mike uh, – for Denbrock to come back and to, to run some uninspired pitch runs. Yeah. No thanks. Uh-huh. Saw that at Cincinnati the last two years and uh, no thanks. <laughs> Oh shit! So, I think one of the things that, uh, but you, Brady, you're happy, right? You just, just, just to make sure you're happy with this hype. Oh, Jude's happy about right. this. You know, yeah. the, the thing that's crazy about this is, I'm just, I'm just where you all, you guys all are. I just, I can't, like, I can't, I, I don't want to drink the Kool Aid. I want to just, I want to keep this, like, I, I just, I don't know enough. I don't have enough information. Like, I read all the same articles Dude, you I guys read. I read all the same articles you guys read. And, but it's just like you're you mis- guys are you're mistaking you're, drinking the Kool-Aid and just having and just having fun. Like having fun is talking about Tommy Ree's legend getting a statue. I'm here for the memes. Uh, <laughs> I'm here for the memes. And but, I'm it's, excited. but it's I'm also excited. that you think that a chip long less um, staff is better is better at recruiting than a chip long with staff with yeah. chip long, which I just I, don't agree with. OK, well, that's I mean, that's fine. I don't agree with you. <laughs> but but you do realize, like in the comments section, they're going to blow you up so terribly bad about this because you you literally are wrong. That's uh, wrong. I, that's wrong. I, I am literally not wrong, uh, but that's okay. Go go look at who was the lead recruiter on all the people that you liked getting in 2018. I'm Dude, I'm projecting. I have I I cannot. No no put, no, no no. I'm not. I cannot, I cannot that's put the thing you said it. right now. That's the difference. They're, we can agree that a better recruiting position moving forward. We will right now. Incredible, fucking mighty. We will discuss later on probably Phil Jerkovic and or Jakovic, um, depending on how. Yeah, he's dead to me now. Um, Depending on how we want to go with this, but if the justification that Pete Sampson uh, was bringing up on the Shamrock that there could be some sort of um, sour grape feelings with how he was treated by Chip Long. That absolutely would not have played on the recruiting trail at all, right? 
that would have been quite the bad thing to have on the recruiting trail. So not having that. Well, there. I mean, good, listen, good, good recruiters, which Chip Long was. Yes. They have, they have a way to glaze that shit over. And nobody I, is a better. I, I think, than I think Nick it, Saban and he's the ultimate red ass. Absolutely. I think it would, it would take more than that. It would take players who seem to have a burr up their ass about the situation anyways, right. to say something along visits or whatnot. I mean, it's, I don't, you would, you, but that would be, that would be expecting like a player to like tank a recruit. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, I just, I don't know how much, I know it happens, uh, you know, around the country. I don't know how much that actually happens at Notre Dame or if it, or if it would happen, but that's, that would have to be the case of that, you know, with that, where a player would have to be like, yeah, man, he's fucking vicious. He's terrible. I hate him. I want to transfer, but I may just stay here. It would take someone to say that for that. You know what I mean? Or maybe less. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's fair. No, I'm just, I'm excited about Tommy. I think there's a future there. I think I, I'm excited about Tommy too, but can we, can we temper well, our expectations? Dude, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put my expectation, my expectations or my joy level into your cup. I'm going to keep it up in my cup. Let's keep meet. Your cup. Keep your cup. I think your, your expectations cup. are completely unrealistic. Can, Can I we say meet that? in I the think, middle and I just say one national championship? I think your joyless look at the situation is is uh, killing the vibe in my room. <laughs> so I mean, who's harsh in my mellow, man? <laughs> I mean, have some fucking fun, my god. Okay, so I want to move on to all right. Let's hands of the fun. Yeah. Well, speaking of fun, let's let's move on to the top twenty-five rankings. Oh God, this I think we're gonna all agree now, on. Yeah. No, you you told me in our in our in our we were messaging that that uh, I was wrong about whatever the fuck I was wrong about. So apparently, oh, we the difference between the, yeah the difference between eleven and twelve. Can we talk about that for a second? It's that wasn't the difference I was fucking talking about, Jude. It was the difference between nine and ten and fucking twelve. Right. But the, okay. But, but first of all, but, first of no, all, no, 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 they no, were never no, going to be nine or ten. They were never going to be nine or ten. They could have been. Wisconsin with with four fucking losses ahead of Notre Dame. It's not the it's not the it's not the eleven twelve or fucking seven eight or twenty four twenty five. A team with two more fucking losses than you okay. is That's ranked fine. ahead of you. We agree. We agree on Wisconsin. So how do you get other, to nine? Other than that, you're not. Ten, other than that, you're you, you can get to ten. You can get to how ten. How do you get to nine. Minnesota? That's Minnesota at 10. So you have Minnesota at 10 and you have Wisconsin at 11. And I what believe exactly I, did you hate about Minnesota season? Um, yeah, go ahead. Who did, who, what was your favorite Minnesota out of conference win? Was it Fresno State? Wait was a it second. South Dakota State? Out of conference win? First of all, Notre Dame wasn't playing a conference, so that's not an apples to apples comparison. Here is the giant point. This is what's happening in college football. There are less and less – like. Out of conference. So they get no credit for beating Penn State. Let me finish. There are less and less out of conference finishes or out of conference big matchups. There are less and less. Okay. So you play all these patsies, you get into your conference play. Who's the fucking say who's any good? Because nobody nobody played anybody outside of the conference. So who's actually say who's good? You're still just match yourself. So how why is Penn State considered good? I don't know. Don't why was Penn State? Good. Who did they beat? Michigan. Did you, uh, my God, do you pay attention to football? I don't even understand what conversation we're having here. Yeah, here. They beat, they beat Penn State at home in a game. They almost choked in the second half. Here's to, here's to sum up. Who did Penn State beat? They beat Michigan at home. Okay. Um, Michigan, Michigan's out of good football. They swamped Memphis in the, the, uh, 
in the Cotton Bowl. Did you watch that game? Yeah, they gave up 40 points to Memphis. They didn't even have a head coach. No, Minnesota got trounced by Wisconsin, right? They lost. They didn't even end up going to the Big Ten. I don't even know. I can't even understand. I don't understand what we're talking about. Scott figured it out, dude. They beat Iowa. As long as they don't play anybody else. They lost to Iowa. As long as they don't play anybody outside of their conference. When it gets in a conference play, it's just kind of it's just kind of going up against each other. And then it's just a it's a whole smoke show. I mean, you start they looking played, at who do they, they play? Played Ohio oh, State, the closest that Ohio State played anybody besides Clemson. I, I I don't even understand why you guys don't think Penn State's a good football team. Oh, you're talking don't, Penn State. Don't. I'm talking Minnesota. I mean, right? I don't think, who? I don't think I don't think Penn State. State. I don't think Penn State was this. I don't think yeah, Penn State they was beat a six Penn State at home. And I don't think they're the sixth ranked team in the country, Jim. No. Penn State does the same thing every single year. Penn State rolls up two losses, guys, and then we're guys, supposed to get excited about it. You guys are you guys are way more homer than me. Like I just no, 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 I don't, this, like there's no way Notre Dame was. This not conversation the ninth has team. nothing to do with Notre Dame. No, I'm just. It, it does. This is what, it does. This is what the this is what the ACCs. This is what they're doing in these conferences now. They're they're rolling back back the out of conference the big out of conference matchups, and then they're they're be they're, the way they can able to just say. We're this, and it's just within that scope of that of that conference. They have, there's nothing to bank anything on, and then you see it in the bowl games, and then you, they go in, and they also they got to play somebody, and it's fucking one way or the other. It's it's not these all these great matchups. It's a fucking bloodbath. Do you know why I Wisconsin mean, Minnesota looked pretty good beating Auburn? I don't know. I, like I guess you guys don't like Auburn either. I don't like Minnesota. I, I and I have no doubt I, that I, you, I clearly I have get no that doubt you don't that, like Minnesota, but Judy, Judy. Have you not understood the the narrative of the SEC teams that made it to mid tier bowls? They don't give Auburn didn't give a fuck. Auburn beat Alabama that year. They were not interested play. I mean, that's just how it happens. Georgia and Texas last year. The shit happens. Whether I mean, whether, why was Wisconsin a four loss team and not a five loss team? Because you know they why lost, they lost to Ohio State twice, right? Because they beat Minnesota by twenty one points, right? At Minnesota to end the Minnesota didn't even finish second. They didn't even win their their side of the conference. Wisconsin See, that, did. That's part of the smoke show. It's the conference shit. And I just they go and they play an uninspired any of okay, great. team with a freshman. Notre Dame lost by 31 to Michigan. Absolutely. Pretend not. like that didn't happen. On nope, the road in the rain. I'm not pretending any of that happened. I no, said rain. Michigan played right. in the same rain. The yeah, game the rain is they excuse. wanted to be there. I, I never said oh. I never said didn't that want was to be the their second most views. embarrassing uh, loss Notre Dame's had no, in the last. They time. didn't get off the bus. They didn't fucking show up. No, yeah, that that's the problem. Eight weeks late. Eight weeks the later, the best team shows eight up. Eight weeks later, are they the same team? No, no, of course not. So, so a game where they where they just did not fucking show up. I'm not gonna like. I'm not Reese Davis. I'm not gonna say they're this for the next fucking nine weeks. And that's the difference between Notre Dame, Reese Davis, and and what's his name, um, Sean uh, Sam McEwen. That's the reason. That's the reason Notre Dame is ranked twelfth and not tenth. Is the guys that decided to slot Notre Dame at the two guys at sixteen, and then um, Sean McEwen at seventeen. Those are the the reason Notre Dame's not at ten. Because if you look at the average ranking of Minnesota, and you look at the average ranking of their Lows aren't as low as Notre Dame's are. The the median. It, it's it's not whether or not Notre Dame's the ninth best team. And really, once you start talking about the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, twelfth ranked team, 
it's all the same, which is why they shouldn't expand the playoff. I, you can't tell me that Florida is demonstratively a better team than Notre Dame. They're not. Who did Florida beat this year? Well, Auburn. Everyone's, everyone's, why everybody's you, why beat you, Auburn. Why do you want to put your goose on Auburn? Everybody's beaten Auburn because that's Auburn's the greatest, greatest four lost, five lost team that's ever existed. But it, but it doesn't matter because everybody basic outside of the college football playoff down is you could put them in a hat and it doesn't matter. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that Notre Dame is the lowest ranked that a two loss team has been this entire decade that didn't get smoked in their bowl game because there's been two other teams that have been that have finished with two regular season losses in the power five this decade. And it was a Baylor team that got housed in a bowl game by UCF. And it was an Ohio state team that got housed by Clemson and, and picked up a second L and finished ranked 12th. So those are the only other Notre Dame ended up winning their bowl game convincingly. And voters just were so apathetic that they were like, you know what? We're going to make this the third time that a quote unquote power five team has finished the season with two losses or fewer that we're going to exclude from the top 10 is what it boils down to. And and we're going to rank four and three loss teams ahead of them. That That's fantastic. Right. Is, is, I mean, isn't that, I, I 100% agree with you that 12 is too, is too low. I just, I, I think maybe you could, you could, you could maybe get a, make a case to getting back to 10, 11 is, I, 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 I 100% agree with you that they should be at 11 ahead of Wisconsin. I, I just, that I don't get, but it, but I think it's a lot harder to, to, to make that case vis-a-vis Penn state or, or Minnesota. I'm just, they had great seasons. So, and really didn't do anything. Okay. <laughs> you, Disagree. You, what, I mean, you, they did you, essentially the same thing. You, as you, did, you, did, you did the same thing as each other inside a conference where you played nobody outside of it. Really, I, I, you I, put I, I don't give a fuck. Teams ahead of Notre Dame, right? It was just like, we'll put four Big Ten teams ahead of Notre Dame. Uh, I understand Alabama at eight. Yeah, um, you I don't want four Oklahoma Big Ten seven. Hey, look, you don't want four Big Ten teams ahead of you? Beat Michigan. Beat Michigan. Bullshit. Listen, I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing about that fucking bullshit. This shit happened. Those. Hey, it was a hey, mid-season blowout. On, it was a mid-season blowout on the road. Ask how Ohio State how that went. Oh, it went swimmingly well. They were <laughs> they ranked them ahead of Notre Dame number four last year. I mean, you can't give me a fucking break. Nobody, you, you everyone, everyone has to throw like this. Everyone, everyone has to throw this everything. Catholic guilt in the fucking trash. And it's keep not Catholic guilt. It's, it's losing at by thirty-one. Every comments act like you didn't pay. Comments are we gotta we gotta just. We gotta accept the fact we lost to Michigan. We lost right. to Michigan. Josh, <laughs> let's let's come about this a different. Let's come about this a different way. If you Notre get out, Notre Dame finishes twelve and one. Dame, I'm just fucking done. If Notre Dame finishes twelve and one and beat Michigan, where are they ranked? Oh no, I'm done. They're certainly ranked yeah, ahead you're not, you're of Minnesota. The argue, you're not going to listen to the argument, Jude. I'm not going to talk about it. Can I tell you where Notre Dame? Can I tell you where twelve and one? Okay. Can I tell you why? This is great. A twelve and one Notre Dame. A twelve and one Notre Dame. Do you know where they're ranked? Yeah, they're ranked number six. Yeah, because they're going they to are. be behind LSU. They're going to be behind Clemson. They're going to be behind Ohio State. They're going to be behind Georgia, and they're probably going to be behind Oregon because voters are going to feel nostalgic and warm, touchy feely about the Rose Bowl, and they well, would put Notre Dame. I, I at number everything six. about Oregon because if, if Notre Dame is twelve and one, if Notre Dame is twelve and one. They're in a better bowl. Yeah, they're in Florida's the, the, the thing that bit Notre Dame in the ass at the end was that 
of course, no one gave a shit about them beating Iowa State, right? Trash bowl. Like if they had a if they had a better matchup. Say, I mean, I don't. The Cotton Bowl probably wouldn't have saved them. A beat Memphis wouldn't have done them. Any they would have went to the Orange Bowl. They, they would have been in the Orange Bowl instead Orange of Florida, bowl. and Florida finished sixth. So they would have been ranked number six. Yeah, but you're you're still only beaten. Yeah, that's exactly it. There just I, wasn't I, the. I, I think they're. I think they're five or six. I think they're five or six. I think they're. I think five. I think five's more accurate. Oh, I you want to be? If you want to be a top ten team, don't 11, lose to Michigan by thirty-one. That's not eleven and one. Five team, but I think in a better bowl game, you win that. You win that. Go twelve and one, and you're probably making this. You're making this harder than it needs to be. If you want to be a top ten team, don't lose to Michigan. That's the problem this year. That's the problem. You would be a. You would be five or six. Because no, because no team has got blown out and vaulted themselves up in the rankings with wins and blowout wins. That, that that's, that's never happened before. So Notre Dame would be the first one that has done. Well, a lot of them actually had conference okay. championships where they redeemed themselves. So no, you know, yep. If you can't if you can't move up in the rankings, if you you know you're stuck in one spot for seven fucking weeks after bl- with blowouts, yeah. If Reese Davis paid attention to Notre Dame football since the Michigan game, because Jude's right. If you do want to be ranked top 10, then maybe Reese Davis pays attention to the fact that Notre Dame dis- was one of the 10 the, best teams. I don't disagree with the sentiment. I disagree with the fact that that's, that's science. That's Bullshit. We've seen, it, we've seen it the other way a hundred fucking times. Yep. And I bring up the Ohio State point every fucking time because that was a clear ass whooping. In the Good middle time. of the season, I mean, to Purdue. It's not even the same kind of team as what Michigan was this year. They got blown out by a- Iowa the year before. And I you mean, keep that's- vaulting up. You, you're able to vault yourself up with other wins after that. Like, oh, they picked themselves up off the ground. They're blowing teams out. That was an anomaly. With Notre Dame, they didn't. That was never an option with any, for anybody. That, that they just, you know, it was a shit night. They fucked up. They played horribly. They're better than that. Here's these blowouts and these wins in a row. They're better than that. I'm not saying, you know, I've never once said Notre Dame should have been in the top five, all that. I felt an 11 and two season probably should be a top. That's a number 10 team in the country. What they did now, if they were squeaking by, like if they went down to Duke and won on a last second field goal, or if Boston college came down uh, to hold on tight, uh, you know, get an interception on the last drive while BC's none of that should happen. They were blowing these teams out. Can, can I if just you, say they're doing what, that? What, you're proving, you're, you're proving you're yourself better. You're absolutely right that that Ohio State lost to Purdue and somehow were able to redeem themselves. But the situations are different, and here's how they're different. First of all, Ohio State came in much higher ranked when they lost to Purdue than than their name was when they lost to Michigan. I don't they, care were what sec- they were second. They were second. Hey, listen, it was still a are you gonna are you gonna am I am, li- am I allowed to make my point or do you just you just want to not you hear? Are, this? You are you know going okay. keep going. So they dropped down to eighth. Then they beat four ranked teams to finish the season. Michigan State, number four Michigan, who they beat by 25 points, so the 23 points here, uh, Northwestern and Washington in the Rose Bowl. No, that's I, how, that's I how they redeemed themselves. I don't disagree with them up. I'm saying, how, regardless of what happened, how does Notre Dame sit there at fucking 16, Jude? For six, if, if Notre Dame goes the normal route, the normal move-up route, like – like you can move them up because they fucking can, blew out the team in have, front of them. You can have you can move them up a loss. spot. Technically, they should have. Technically, they should have been around eleven heading into the bowl season. Still outside of the of the fucking New Year's Six. That's the the, the how it works for everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else. 
That's how it all worked. Look, you can lo- you can have a blowout loss, but you can't have a previous loss. You can't have two losses and then no conference championship. That's not there's no path to redemption there. That's the no, problem. And you also can't you can't have the rotation where it doesn't work out for you that you that options for New Year's Six no, not, games don't work out for you. This isn't yeah. This isn't the New Year's Six. This was a this was a this bad year. This, this isn't that. This isn't that argument. Games. You but you you <laughs> you can't sit there for fucking how many weeks in a row in one spot. Reese Davis can't sit there and make up his mind on Notre Dame in the at the end of October and that's it. I mean, you gave him a, you gave him an excuse to do that though. Well, what about that Jag in uh, Omaha who decided that Notre Dame beating Iowa State warranted them moving down a spot to 17? That's what I'm saying. It's shit like that. I'm not trying to vault Notre Dame. That guy, I like, I, 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 I ribbed Eric Hansen because if Eric Hansen would have flip-flopped Wisconsin and Notre Dame, then Notre Dame's 11. So whatever. But this guy, he puts Notre Dame at 17 in his poll, just ahead of the entire Pac-12, which has five losses, right? Right grouped in there with Arizona State, Washington, and uh, uh, Cal, and then USC, well, he ranks the, USC. And then like Notre Dame's right there at 17. If he puts Notre Dame 14, guess what? Notre Dame finishes ahead of Wisconsin and they're touching, uh, they're knocking on the door of Minnesota. But that's that's what's so funny about like these. 12, it's just, yeah. That's what's so funny about these poll vote, the, the results coming out. I love Eric Hansen. I think he's a great writer. I love him on the beat. But just in this sense, Notre Dame has the worst Homer media out there. If <laughs> you think, do you think an Alabama beat writer would do what do it uh, if they had a chance? Dylan Sin covers Notre Dame. I was gonna say, yeah, why, why, are you, why aren't you killing Dylan Sin? Because oh, he no, put him even lower. Yeah, he put him at yeah. thirteen. Yeah, that's out true. of there at Fort Wayne in the Journal Gazette. So what, what? That's what I'm saying. I'm not. This isn't all on Hanson, and I don't. If the if Notre he, Dame homers did their listen. job, Notre Dame's ranked ten. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's that <laughs> right or wrong. And it's more wrong than right. Yeah. That's what most of the other media out- outlets across the country are doing. They're propping their program up and conferences. That's the so, other and, I mean, and, co- and, and conferences. conferences. So I'm way I'm way more offended. Dillinson put a ba- Baylor at oh, eight think, than I am at Notre Dame at thirteen. <laughs> if you, so, yeah. this is this isn't all. This isn't all. That's what I'm saying. It's not. All, I'm not calling Hanson no. out. It's it's. I'm just, saying the, the Notre Dame beat that has the vote. Their vote that was the worst Homer vote you could get. Everywhere else it would be higher. If that's what they believe, though, then that's what they believe. That's fine. I'm not I'm not calling them out in that in that sense. I think Dillinson's absolutely right. Baylor is not a good big the Big 12 did even more of what the Big Ten did in the sense that we're just gonna do this and prop ourselves up. Uh, and you built, you know, you're, you're building your bones off of off of out of conference wins against nobodies. And, you know, that way you got your two or three teams in that conference with, you know, with a lot of wins. That's that, that's just the formula now. No one gives a shit. All this talk when the playoffs came about about resume and now we're going to see, you know, some better matchups because teams are going to want to have that on their resume. Bullshit. It went the complete opposite route. And the Big 12 figured this out and the Big 10 is figuring this out. And they sure as hell don't want to get get caught where they're out of the playoffs two years in a row, you know, like they were. The Big 12's perfectly happy putting Oklahoma in there to get blown out every year. Mm-hmm. But Notre, um, so Notre Dame has uh, the worst home, and you have to put that word in perspective, the worst Homer media, where, I was, where Eric Hansen and Dylan Sin aren't out there propping Notre Dame up. They're 
doing their job as a reporter that no one else, that a lot of other reporters out, out there aren't doing for the program that they're covering. Um, uh, here's something I think we can agree on. It's a little, a little bit off this topic, but uh, I want to bring it up. Uh, our friend Greg, uh, Greg twenty one twenty six on on Twitter from UHND said, "There's no greater argument for ending the Navy series than this season. We beat their best team in in years by a hundred. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a little facetious there, but uh, a little hyperbole. They finished twentieth. Oh, they finished twentieth overall and it got us nothing. We've been given more credit for beating their bull opponent, Kansas State, by the same amount. Navy, of course, beat Kansas State. Yeah, I, I think I think he's absolutely Are you kidding right. me." I, I, I think that I, of I course there was, of course there was some, no, 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 no. I, I completely disagree with this. Okay. Because Notre Dame playing Navy. I mean, there is mutual respect. There is <laughs> <Okay>. so much <laughs> tradition <laughs> and honor. And I mean, and we sing the alma mater side by side. How can you sit there and say, we should, don't stop you know what Navy? they did for the school? <laughs> Father Hesper would roll in his grave. Dude, get to your history books. That is that is egregious that you would mention that on this podcast. Josh, you will be coughing up a Wookiee hairball later in this night, right? Oh, I'm fucking trashed. So who knows what I'm coughing up? <laughs> yeah, because that life debt is uh, that life debt is is real. No, it's, it's absolutely Greg's absolutely right. No, it's, what right. I, it's what I have been preaching for years is look, it's not that I like Navy. I may have talked my eight-year-old son out of going to Annapolis and going to West Point yesterday. I feel pretty good about that. It's not like I don't like Navy. I'm just, and I appreciate, I appreciate what happened. But no, I don't believe in Wookiee fucking life debts. I don't think that, and I, and above everything else, playing Navy does nothing for you. Absolutely fucking nothing. And Greg's right. It doesn't matter how good they are. You beat them, especially when you beat them as soundly as Notre Dame did. Obviously, Navy's not good. So, what's it matter if they only if they win eleven and two? They're 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 an AAC academy. It's no good. He's absolutely right. It's a, it, it does nothing for your schedule. Absolutely nothing. It is a waste. You're better off. And I put this out. You're better off if you take like Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, Tennessee, and fucking Cincinnati and do home and homes alternating it throughout a decade or better yet, just put Michigan state back on the schedule full fucking time. You Preach. get more credit. You get more credit for beating a seven and six Michigan state team. than you do an 11 and two Navy team. 2012 says, what's up? Um, <laughs> before we pivot off of the, the, um, the discussion of polls, I do want Jude you brought something up in your your post today about the fan post, and we talked a little bit before the pod as well. And I think that this kind of cuts into the Reese Davis thing and the polls, and I think it's a really poignant point as far as just, like, the mailing it in of anything below the top five. Like, what did you see in the data yeah. that sort uh, of backed up what we've sort of, um, just from fans, I, what we've thought the AP did? I'm just tremendously disappointed because I'm not – I'm not a, you know, SB nation, like, you know, I'm, I'm all in or whatever. I, I think they do good things. I, do, I think they do some dumb things and, and terrible things. Um, I thought fan pulse was great because, um, I am the kind of person that complain, does exactly what we're doing tonight, complains about AP polls and or coaches polls, because I think coaches are even more egregious. 
Um, correction. Like, SID pool. SID yes, pool. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I'm always like, how do people arrive at these crazy, like, you know, I could do this so much better. Um, and so I participated this year and, and, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Some weeks it was tough to give the full effort. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of just, sometimes you were eyeballing it and saying, okay, well, this team has three losses. I'll put them a little bit lower than the team has two losses. Cause you didn't get to watch as much college football as you'd, as you'd wanted to or whatever. But the, the thing that disappointed me was the Notre Dame sat at 15 for six out of this, the last seven weeks, uh, of this, of this poll. And, and this is, this is the Reese Davis phenomenon, which is, is like, I don't, I'm not really paying attention to Notre Dame after the whole Michigan thing. Uh, I see on the scoreboard that they won their games, but who cares because they're playing like Boston college or whatever. It doesn't really matter. I don't need to move them. What I need to be focused on is like, who's at eight, nine and 10. Like where's Baylor? Where's Minnesota? Where's Penn state? Where's, you know, where, where, where should I put, you know, Memphis in should I, should I put app state higher or lower? And so when I saw the final poll today and Notre Dame was at 15, I was tremendously disappointed in us as as an entire body, not just not Notre Dame fans, because I I think, you know, we collectively put Notre Dame at, at number nine and and we can argue about whether nine is too high or too or or or, or just right or, or just right, which is fine. I, I, I'm OK with nine. I'm perfect, perfectly OK with nine. What I'm not OK with is just so many people just mailing it in. And, and I wish that people who had participated in this took it a little bit more seriously. And the and the problem was. We all got the same ballot in the same exact order. And so what happened, I said, you know, kind of a new set in, right? Apathy, whatever you want to, you want to, you want to call it. Um, people, you know, were focused on getting their top five or their top 10, right? And you see a lot of variations if you go team by team. And I know this, this information isn't, isn't disseminated to the public. So you're just going to have to trust me when I say it, but you look around and you see the variances between seven and 10 that you don't see between 15 and 20. And it's so it just became sort of like this thing, like Notre Dame was the 15th team you saw and you really didn't have any reason to, to fool around with the 15. So you, you just kind of left them there. And so many club, so many uh, fan bases just left Notre Dame at 15. And that's why they ended up at 15. And it, re- it produced a really weird result, which is like Baylor was too high. App state was up real high. And again, nothing against app state. They only lost one game this year, but like, I mean, I think if we put App State and Notre Dame on a field together, like I, I'm pretty sure we know who would win by a billion, right? And and so it, that it, the poll should be reflective of the fact that like if you have two teams that you don't know where to slot, you sit there and you go, well, if I put them on a neutral field, like who do I expect to prevail? Like, you know, again, nothing against App State, but they don't have the players that Notre Dame would have, so. Notre Dame would have been a favorite in that game by a huge amount of points. And I think they probably would have turned into performance much like we saw in the, in the bowl game or whatever. Um, you know, App State obviously had players. They, they won a lot of games this year, but like App State being ahead of ranked ahead of Notre Dame doesn't make, doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, either does Baylor, either Utah. I mean, I, I, I wrote this in the post and I hope you guys, I hope you guys read it. Like, you know, the Baylor team, the Baylor um, teams that they beat, they beat 11 teams this year, just like Notre Dame. But those teams would have collected 58 and 78 this year. They literally were beating up on the three and nine and four and eight talents of, you know, the big 12. Uh, yeah. And, this, and, and Utah, same exact deal. The teams that Utah beat 11 teams, they beat went 63 and 74 this year. 
Like these are not, I'm sorry, these are not good teams. And so what did we see about Utah? They got exposed at the end, right? They, they lost to Oregon and everyone was like, whoa, we didn't see that coming. And then they got absolutely housed in the Alamo Bowl by the Texas Longhorns, who are not a great team. They were eight and four. Yeah, yeah, eight, eight, and five. Five. eight and five. Yeah, yeah. Eight and five. Eight and five. So, um, so when you look at these, when you look at these rankings, it just, it, it, I was, I was tremendously disappointed in the collective effort of, of Fan Pulse, and and I talked to, um, you know, sort of our overlords, and they said, yeah, you know, we've kind of noticed some some of the same things that you noticed, and and we're hoping to make improvements next year so that it 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 feeds you more like a random list, or there's a different way to 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 put your top twenty five together that isn't pre-populating 25 spots and asking you to move them around. Uh, so I, I, as I said in post I, and I said on Twitter today, I really hope that happens because, um, we got to shake people up. Like, you know, if you saw LSU in the 15th spot, you'd move them up, you know what I mean? And so you should be making those decisions about every single team. And I know that everybody can't watch every game, but at the same time, I think Josh and, and I agree on this. And I think Brendan, you might be here too, spiritually, which is college football is a lot of fun. And if you watch games that are not involving your team, you're going to see a lot of lot of good games, and you're going to see a lot of good teams. And so you should watch as much college football as you can, um, because it gives it not only gives you a perspective on other teams, but it gives you perspective on your own team. Because if you only watch your own team, you really have no sense of how good or how bad they are. That's my feeling. I agree absolutely. And the, the one of the bigger thing bigger things about you know, about fans and really, and this has a lot to do with Notre Dame is everyone's wrapped up in their own bubble. And so when Notre Dame's sitting there and they're not in a, they're not in a conference where, where people that are, you know, if you're Minnesota, if you're fucking Oregon state, or if you're, you know, Utah, whatever you are, you are basing your worldview off of your conference. And so just when it goes down to like, who you think is, who do you think? Is, you think is better you know they're basing notre dame off of the same like i think thing that we i'm not really trying to speak for you Jude, but i think you feel this too a little bit where notre dame fans you know notre dame fans have this kind of unrealistic expectation of national titles every year like every single fucking year and right. it's national title or bust now that may be kind of that, that in which is the case but it's not really the expectation um you know it's, it's the standard not the expectation however you want to phrase that so when Notre Dame is not at a level of they're going to win a national title, everything with Notre Dame then is is subjective, uh, where it is much easier to poke holes. Um, and th- you're going to get that across the board, across the rest of the country, and no one's going to give a shit, <laughs> basically, um, right. because it doesn't fit into any of the narratives that they have about the sport. Now, frankly speaking, I think college football is just – insane and awesome and honestly honestly god it's perfect with all its imperfections it's perfect preach so so if you're just judging your season off of a national title you are missing out on a lot of fun you're not just a lot of fun you're you're missing out on everything uh you know i know a lot of notre dame fans uh a lot of people that probably listen to this podcast and read one foot down they're only paying attention to what's happening in Notre Dame, and uh, which is unfortunate. I, w- I wish I could change everybody's view on all this. I mean, people are talking about, like, when the solid verbal guys talk about the window of opportunity, even that There's kind no, of upsets. Even there's that no window of, of opportunity. Even that <laughs> kind of upsets me, yeah, because I'm like, 
fuck that. I mean, there's there's college football on. I shall be watching. Um, you, you know, I so, can't. I count down the days till Tuesday action and fun about Fridays. Well, we're we're and, not guys, Brendan. We're, but we're I mean, even 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 if I wasn't like those, uh, yeah. I mean, so that's gonna affect when that's gonna affect the overall. Some you, of my favorite of football fame. moments are watching those Kevin Sumlin Houston teams uh, at midnight after Notre Dame, like after the the primetime game gets over, watching Case Keenum slinging the ball around, scoring fifty points, like <laughs> in the middle of the night. Right? No, this was nineteen ninety, and we still had twenty plus independents out there, like Florida State and Miami. The views would be much different. But since the you know Penn State, but since then everybody gets cozied up into their small worldview of how college football is. Sure. I mean, it's it's ama- it's amazing to me, and I, you know, I guess I never cared. Like I don't I don't look at a team, like, like I don't look at Minnesota and think Big Ten. I just look at Minnesota as a college football team and how they stack up nationally. I, or and the same goes with any team across the country. I don't I don't look at them in their bubble and be like, well, this is the best wide receiver in the Big Ten. Like anytime I see that, like he's an all big, he's an all conference player. I really don't care. Now, how weird is that? Because I really get into that noise when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to like college basketball. <laughs> so so in a, in a way, you know, I'm a hypocrite, but not really because it's a different sport. So, <laughs> but I. That is why, you know, that is why it's, you know, the stuff with Notre Dame will never end. And this is not me saying they should do it on a conference. Fuck that noise. I'm just saying that is why it's going to be the way it is. And that's why polls are important to me as a non-regional national fan. It's why it's important for people to watch the season as a whole. Yeah, right. Well, and as a national, as a fan of a national team that Notre Dame is, and not a regional program, and this is why I find polls to be so important, and why the calls to get rid of polls before October, and I just I I I spit on that because I set my appointment viewing. If I'm picking between games, I'm looking for numbers in front of teams, right? For my primary sure. TV, my off TV, like my off TV, because I have two TVs in my basement. One's the primary with the volume, and then the other one's the off TV. Obviously, the prime TV is going to get whatever's got the numbers on there, and that sort of helps set, you know, uh, you just get giddy for seeing those numbers in front of teams. I don't care about the conference or, or conference matchups or conference breakdowns. Yeah. And this, I guess this goes back to what, part of the point I was trying to make earlier when, when Jude and I were going at it is, you know, when you talk about numbers in front of teams names, but you know, how many, how many games are we seeing now where it's, you know, team from the big eight from the big 12 facing four from the sec. Listen, and on a college campus and not (laughs) curious, you know, not not some bullshit setup. Like, the the whole scope and Notre Dame's guilty as fuck about all this. It's why we have to you know, debase ourselves, you know, and go to Soldier Field and and Lambeau Field. I know everyone's excited about Green, you know, the Packers and Curly Lambeau and all. Yeah, I still think it's bullshit. You know, Notre Dame should be playing. But I want Wisconsin in South. I want to go to Camp Randall. Do you do you want a cool, do you want a cool stat that kind of proves your theory that teams aren't playing each other? 
I think it. I think it proves. I think it proves what it is, and nobody's got the stat but me, because I was the only one that did it. Uh, so I love these for, kind of stats. Get ready for this one. Yeah, I do too. Um, there are forty instances of a team in college football history, of a program in college football history, where they have had a four-year run of top ten finishes. Forty teams in the entire hundred. Um, thank you for your for your hard work, um, Ivan. Uh, but there was. 120, 150 years, right? College football, 40 instances of a team having a four year run of finishing in the top 10, the most of which was uh, Florida State uh, that capped off in uh, basically from the 80s to 2000, where they went 14 years. But did you count that as one? Yep, just one. It was one, one elongated. So 40 instances. That's the one instance because it was straight up. Yep, straight up. Notre Dame's last time that they did it was between 66 and 70. Lou Holtz never had one more than three years, right? 88, 89, and 90. Uh, the, 90 the 91 team finished uh, 12, I believe. Um, At 18th going into their bowl game. Yeah. Which, which Lisa just put up uh, on the, on the uh, site che- today. Cheerios. Um, yeah. what, that was fantastic. I love those articles. Um, yeah, you guys got to read those. But uh, so <laughs> – but of those 40 teams, so like 150 years, five of them have been teams since 2016. Alabama mm-hmm. just – this is the first year basically since the Nick Saban run. He just had a he just had an 11-year run of finishing in the top 10. This is the first time since 2009 that Nick Saban's finished outside the top 10. So his, his reign came – it was from 2009 to 2000. And, uh, um, 19, you know, 18, 18 yep. was the end of it. But there's right now the current teams that are still in the throes of it. It's, um, Ohio state since 2014, um, Clemson, Clemson and Oklahoma. And it's because they're not playing out of conference. They're not playing teams out of the reason why there's all, of, I mean, so, you know, Clemson, Clemson, you know, Clemson and they're trying, South- Clemson's trying, Clemson's well, trying well, Clemson, they're, Clemson they're in South Carolina. Pacific are legally obligated. Yeah, that's crazy. You yeah. have to play certain teams within their state. I did not know that. State until Texas this year. needs to get on that and get Texas yeah. and A&M back on the schedule, by the way. So, like, but, Notre Dame's deal with the ACC is extremely important to Clemson, who you could say their whole run really started with the Notre Dame, right, Jude? I don't even think you can say – I don't think that you can. I think that that's fact. I think yeah, like, I, I, I the start of that. 2015. So, so your own I, I kind of cut them a little bit of slack because if you're legally bound to some bullshit <laughs> – To play legally <laughs> and, and they brought in Texas A&M, which is technically yeah, an SEC they were, team. They, they, were try, they were trying. Because they, I mean, they know but I mean, the, you absolutely know. Like, if we have to play fucking Furman every year or, or whatever, it, whatever the schools are, I think – I thought it was Wofford was one of them. Wofford might be one of them. Maybe it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So you're trying with Texas A&M. That's absolutely, that's absolutely, that's admirable. But to Clemson's dismay, I'm sure, is the ACC is just a fucking mess. I mean, the ACC's never lived up to the billing and and FSU's been in the tank. The ACC's always been, you know, cut your own throat, you know, everyone's cutting each other's throats anyways. I mean, for how many years has it been, you know, one upset after another in that within that conference. And, you know, the, the big boys didn't stand up and now the big boys are really, I mean, Miami and Florida state, how are you Miami and Florida state and your bowl struggling? Don't know. 
What was it, what was your favorite point that Miami scored in the bowl game <laughs> against Bob Diaco's defense? Yeah, against the, against the werewolves, the werewolves of Bob Diaco's defense. So, the but, real I, team but, of Miami. But I mean, like, like I said, this all goes to my point where these conferences, with the way the playoffs are set up, and I don't think they should expand. I think if you did, like just looking at more, you know, you're looking at more blowouts. But I, just the way the it's set up now. Wins are all that matters. You're someone people are gonna lose. So as long as you are, you know, racking off wins, who cares? So why would you put yourself at risk out of conference? There's 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 no there's no big win for you. There really isn't. I mean, yeah, if you win, that's huge, right? Oh, they're great. But rankings-wise, when you're talking about in the top five, you can't jump from there's no integers here. You can't go from number four. To, neg- <laughs> to negative seven, or <laughs> I don't even know how that works. I'm, but what, you know, you get what I'm saying. There's a ceiling there. You can't go past the ceiling. So why would you put yourself at risk? And they're all figuring that out. They're like, yeah, this is we don't need to do this, and it, it's it's diluting college football's regular season. Is that why when Phil Dracovic is starting for Boston College in 2021 in his out-of-conference schedule is UMass, Temple, and Mizzou at home, <laughs> you feel like he's got a good chance if he can just sneak out a win at uh, Clemson uh, with whoever their starting quarterback is at the time, that, that perhaps Phil could be in the playoffs in 2021 with Boston College given their week out-of-conference schedule? No. There's no trash organization. That's an ACC. That's a cut. You are Clemson is an SEC school playing in the SEC. Playing the ACC. Well, since 2015, and and that conference has been nothing but cut. Even Florida State. I mean, look look at all the close wins they had. You know, when they were good. It's it's a it's a weird. There's like some kind of weird vortex. Miami has never won. Miami has never won or played in a uh, ACC championship game. How funny is that? And for guys that grew up like Josh and I with Miami just being so dominant for so long, it's just, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a mind blowing stat. When Miami went to the ACC, when my Florida state was still Florida state. And the big thought when Miami made the move was that this is going to be Florida State Miami every single for year? Years, yeah. Like yep. no one's going to be able to stand up to these guys, and it has been quite the opposite. Yeah, where somehow, and it's really a, a cautionary tale to Notre Dame, it, it, and and which doesn't have to do with recruiting, which is even better because it takes that out of the argument. You know, we're you know you're in Florida, you got recruits aplenty down there, and you have. You can bring in whoever you want, but you you went from being independent. Now, Florida State had a good run during one of the worst stretches of ACC football history. Oh, anyways. Yes, absolutely. Anyways, but now you're they're just they're sinking, man. They're not even they're not even challenging Clemson. Do you remember the- how sad it was watching Florida State last year with oh, with Brandon Woodward? No, but it was almost sort of sad to see. Just like how pathetic Florida State was against Notre Dame last year, like that was Brendan one of the was more, pretty cold. It was one of the more <laughs> pathetic performances that I've ever seen a blue now, blood team. Now you're just, now you're just 
you know. Then you don't watch enough Nebraska you're, you're, football. You're kicking, a dude, <laughs> there you go. You're kicking a dude while he's down. It was pretty cold that night. It, it was very cold. <laughs> um, and I can't, I mean. That's like saying Miami in the 2010 Sun Bowl. You know, you, you can't yeah. say anything about that. It was cold that day. It, it fucking snowed in Texas. <laughs> well, I do appreciate the fact that Miami just finished an entire decade uh, having one double-digit season winning one double digit winning season and no season with fewer than three losses. That's fantastic. A whole decade of that. That's oh. great. We, you know what guys? Yeah. We need to take a commercial break. <laughs> We're back and we don't know why. Uh, <laughs> Jude and I have been, have been battling it out for an hour and 15 minutes and uh, we talked about Tommy Reese, we talked about the top 25. Hey, uh, Brendan, we- I, I just want to give a quick shout out to Brendan for, for playing Peacemaker. And, and well, uh, well, me and you were uh, disagreeing there. He was like, oh, I wait till you see your front that. porch. That was great. It was, it great. was like mommy and daddy getting into a fight. And I was just, uh, I was just, I was just here for the ride. So yeah. anyways, Phil Jer- Phil, uh, <laughs> Jerkovic, I can say it for you. No, Phil Jerkovic. Ugh. It's over. The, the run is over on this podcast. I, you, Tommy no, wants no. to be known as Tommy. You can respect that, but you can't respect that, Phil. Phil are you Jacob. kidding me? You're asking me to, am I going to respect Tommy Rees? Or am I going to respect Phil Jerkovic? Jerkovic. Whatever the fuck his name is. I don't care. <laughs> Jerkovic. I don't care. <laughs> you All right. should. So, so you, uh, little Philly, little Philly decides <laughs> he's going to leave. Uh, to, really to the surprise of nobody. No. Uh, although, I, 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 was, I do have to admit, I, I wrote the article in November, and I stand by it. Still, I still think it's. A, yeah. I still think it doesn't make sense. I, now, do you feel differently if he gets immediate eligibility, though, because yes, I think it makes a lot yeah. more sense. Though. Yes, yeah. if he can get immediate eligibility, I just didn't see a route for that. Right. Uh, even, you know, even in this day and age, I still did not see a route for him to get immediate eligibility. Now, but that was before the whole. Hey, uh, we're the media and we knew all along, uh, oh. but we're now we're just going to tell you cause he just got fired. Chip long was an asshole. So that was before all that. So if Phil uses that to get extra, get media eligibility and look, I don't really care if he gets, if he gets it great for him, I, I'm not going to be the Notre Dame fan up in arms, uh, or, or comparing it to Lohi Gilman, uh, it, whatever. Good for him. Have fun. in in chestnut Hill. I'm glad you're closer to your girlfriend. Um, but I mean, I laid it out in November that I just didn't, I just didn't think it was a smart move. So I guess that boils down to how competitive is this guy? I mean, really if the chip long is gone. So if he was the problem, he's gone now. And you're, you're part of the team. You probably had a good idea that Tommy Reese I would imagine those guys had a pretty good idea that Tommy was had a decent shot at becoming the offensive coordinator. I think that's fair. So, you know, not saying that they knew, but they, I bet they had a pretty fair idea about how that was going to, going to go down. So this isn't a, this isn't a chip long. This isn't a getting away from chip long thing. He's gone. And so you bounce. So this is about you're upset because Ian book is back and you're not, walking into a role. Now, a lot of this makes sense because, you know, all there were a lot of reports coming out and people talking about um, Phil in, in practice or in the film room, not really buckling down 
a hundred percent. I can't say if anything that's accurate. This is just the stuff that is coming out here and there. It's a lot of it secondhand and hearsay, but it doesn't sound out of this world, right? Like it doesn't sound made up. It, it, it might, might be wrong slightly, but it doesn't sound like it's being made up. So you're not, and we saw what happened in the spring game, right? And what I don't care what anyone says about the mop up time he had during the season. I'm not. He took not, 12 sacks in the spring game. I, I yeah. It's not what he did a mop up time during the season is not a positive for me, nor is it a negative. I mean, 12, what was that? 12 of 15 for 260 yards and two touchdowns. There are readers of our site that have lived by gospel that he's better <laughs> able because of those stats. Yeah, but you see him run. So he was fun to watch so, run. So here's a guy. He's fun. So basically, here's a guy who's running from competition because Tyler Buckner, who is quote unquote the next the best thing since Jimmy Clausen, is oh, coming. It's coming to town in, in the 2021. Saying that as a fact of more than likely, I bet Buckner ends up becoming a five star. Yeah. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hype surrounding him. It's it's a, in a sense, it's the same thing as when Jimmy got to Notre Dame with you know Sharpley and Demetrius and Zach Frazier there. So Phil's, it, it looks like Phil's Demetrius. Running, excuse me, running away a little bit. Um, it just it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, when I wrote that article in November, and I still feel that now. However, if he does get immediate eligibility. Then it makes that sense. does make sense, but that's a big gamble that you're taking. Well, we're talking we're talking about this a little bit before we we start hitting record. Is it such a big gamble? Because it seems like um, the the predisposition has been that a lot of people are getting waivers, and they're getting waivers right. for things that, at least from an outsider's perspective, not knowing the full argument, seem kind of thin gruel, right? Yeah, I mean, very pr- player friendly. Tate Martell got his because he was on a TV show called QB one and he wasn't projecting to be QB one. And that was not <laughs> brand. Right. So he got immediate eligibility at Miami, right? Well, Where he and, ended up not being QB one hilariously. And I, I, I loved it. And here's something that I didn't think about when I actually, when I wrote that article, you know, I was thinking, you know, cause his red shirt's done and gone with. Right. So I thought, well, at least, you know, if he stayed at Notre Dame this year, he would get, he would still have some playing time. There'd be some mop-up duty. Maybe Ian gets hurt. Maybe, yeah. you know, he has to go in for a half. Whatever it is, there, there's still minutes to be had. And if right. whatever minutes that Ian Book wasn't getting, it was Phil was going to get him. And so I thought, you know, it'd be much smarter for him to stick around because Book would be gone. He's getting that, that playing time still this year. And then he's got two years. You know, what would be the, what would serve him to go, you know, somewhere else and sit rather? But at the same time, you know, I, which I didn't think about a whole lot then and I, a lot more now, is that even if his waiver is denied, if he files one and he has to sit out this year, he's got two years to be the starter. I thought, well, you know, that year of, of backing up would help him. But at least he's got a year to learn the playbook, right? And that sure. seems to be like a thing that's an issue with him. So maybe it's actually a good thing. You know, I mean, if... Kelly absolutely should not have called Phil out like he did about the about the dummy cards and all that. Uh, was that against Bowling Green? But he yeah. did. But, but it's out there, right? That that's that's sure. it. that's information that's out there. 
Probably but he also called out Jeremiah Wusukormo at the camping sure. bowl absolutely. conference. You know what I mean? So absolutely. As an example well, of how guys start off not knowing anything absolutely. or not having the discipline to show up to practice on time. So you know? I can see, I can see even a move. So now I, I, I guess I see it not as a bad of a choice as what I thought of in November, where I thought, well, even if he does, that's a year where he gets to learn the offense. And honestly, with Boston College, you know, outside of his girlfriend living in that city, a brand new coach, there's a whole lot of non-favorite. There, there, there's a whole lot of more opportunity with a brand new coach. You know I mean? There's, there's no old favors. There's, yeah, there's clean no slate. Anthony, Anthony Brown. Yeah, just absolutely clean slate. They're starting, they're starting quarterback just uh, transferred himself. Uh, Cause that's how this is the musical yep. chairs of 2020 goes or 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Brown. Four Phil decided, obviously. Right. Right. So, which certainly opened up a, and why uh, Halfley, uh, the Ohio state guy who uh, watched his own team, uh, ride a gra- a uh, transfer quarterback to the college football playoff, because if you watched Ohio State, it, well, Ohio State is not going to the college football playoff this year if Justin Fields doesn't get immediate eligibility, right? We can all agree on that. There, I think that's fair. I think that Absolutely. that's fair. I mean, I, it has to be fair, right? He threw one interception. Yeah, well, <laughs> and not only that, but like their, there a, depth, is, their depth chart Is there chart a quarterback after, on the Ohio roster that was only going to throw one interception all season long? Their depth chart after him was... I mean, it was, it was bad news bears. It, it was 2010 Notre Dame quarterback depth chart, right? Where you're throwing out walk-on Nate Montana and true freshman Tommy Reese level bad. <laughs> oh, we do not talk bad about Tommy Reese in this. Well, no, we don't. <laughs> even that, even his first future, attempt to pass. Future two-time national championship. <laughs> the fleet. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say this, Josh, and I think you'll love this. Um, because the Jerkovic thing does remind me, and I'm saying it, uh, it does remind me a little bit of Gunnar Keel. Because Gunnar Keel, if he would have stayed on, would have been the starter for Notre Dame in 2013, right? Right. Or, or at least that would have been the presumed, it would have been the presumed starter. Um, if he had, I will say that if Gunnar Keel decided not, if if to quote Les Miles, if he had something in the chest, in the chest. If he decided to not transfer in 2013, I don't think Tommy Reese is our offensive coordinator and future national no. championship winning head no, coach. We are just going it's down nice. a rabbit hole, aren't we? Because Here's Tommy Reese doesn't then start the 2013 season. But you know, just uh, just throwing it. Out. I I mean, as long as we were talking about transfer quarterbacks, I want to I want to double back to one point that was made. Um, Bear I just talked to an angel. We aren't saved. Uh, I, I believe that this past year was the first year in the Brian Kelly era that yeah, a quarterback made it all the way through a season without either being benched or injured. That's now good. I'll put a little bit of an asterisk on 2013 because Tommy only missed a half, but we all saw what happened in that. In that oh half my God. Do, we, do we have to bring up the Andrew Hendricks experience? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Oh. So um, I, I, you know, they say you're only one play away from being QB one. I, I mean, I feel like Phil would have come in as the presumptive number two, but maybe there's some information that we don't know about him feeling like his position as number two was on very shaky ground. I think Which goes to the greatest Brendan Clark, or maybe the 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 Champlin, um, the the um, card holding um, leader of the Clark fan club. 
I believe is on this podcast, right? I it almost has to be. <laughs> Look, I think I think I am just uh, this is gonna this is gonna sound more defeatist than it needs to be. Like I am resigned to our quarterbacks in their name. Like I I have been like aghast at people's opinions based solely off of a fucking recruiting ranking, which yeah. is so corrupt as it is, anyways. They're not wrong. I mean, they're recruiting rankings are fairly decent. Yeah, they're still but, good. Yeah, but, they're still pretty good. But they're not perfect. Not of course they're not perfect. Right. Especially when it comes to quarterbacks. No. Especially when it comes to people that say, no, I'm not going to fucking waste my entire high school career chasing down camps, chasing a, a recruiting rank. Which, you know, which a lot of these, that's what a lot of these guys are doing. Brendan Clark was not one of those guys that did that. So, but Notre Dame, look at their quarterbacks that we've, that have won football games for Notre Dame since Jimmy Clausen, who, by the way, I fucking love Jimmy Clausen. I love him. <laughs> I, I love him. I'll defend Jimmy to the, to my death. But since him, the guys that have stood up have been the three star. What about quarterbacks? The, a lot of them have been holdover guys. Tommy Reese was one. He was Tommy Reese wasn't even supposed to be a holdover. He, no. he was just supposed to be there. How many starts did Ian get? Book kind of was just supposed to be there? The guys that have won games for us, even Everett Golson. Now Everett Golson was much loved by the Notre Dame community recruiting because we you could watch a highlight tape and see what whatever Golson did in high school was damn near illegal. Uh, he looked so damn good out there, but was not. A high recruit by everybody because you know, if you had a couple inches on him, it'd be a different story. But the way that goes, so your three stars are your best guys. So I am not lamenting uh, another four star. I won't say bust because we don't know. But it, I mean, what Hendricks do we was know? a four star. Hendricks was a four star. Hendricks was a four star. Luke Massa was a four star. Luke Massa was a four star. Well. Jeez, All right, I mean it. These things just are what they are. I believe recruiting rankings have gotten considerably better than what they were five and especially 10 years ago. There's just more data out there. Oh, and there's just so much. But it proves to the point where a guy like Brendan Clark, who is not a camp guy, no one's going to give a shit about where your ranking's at within those companies if you're not going to their camps. Unless you were like head and shoulder, like unless you were 6'4", you know, 235 and throwing 80-yard bombs. They're just not going to give a shit about you. That's why you have to recruit a quarterback every single class, because regardless of what these kids do in high school, like it's a tired, like to borrow from Les miles, you don't know what's in the chest. You don't know who's going to be a gamer when like a lot of these kids, a lot of these quarterbacks are the best, the best players in their entire schools, probably in their entire like region of area. And they don't have to face any sort of adversity. Like Trevor Lawrence, he's a five-star and he deserves everything, but he just lost the second time in his entire life. Right. To oh, yeah. LSU. That was the <laughs> well, second time that he's ever lost. And I don't think Phil Dracovic coming to Notre Dame had ever lost a football Dracovic. game in his life. Here's right? what I like about, here's what I like about Brennan Clark. Number one in fall camp, he broke, his pinky or something on his throwing hand. He sure did. And did not tell anybody. He was so dialed in to being the third string quarterback 
that he he wanted to be there. He was practicing. He wasn't telling anybody what happened. I like that automatically right there is a is a big toughness thing for me. That's a guy that wants to play, that believes that that he's there to compete, to do what he can do, knowing that he's going to be on the bench, but still trying to compete. I I fucking dig that 100. percent Number two, he wasn't a camp guy. I mean, we just, I've said it, you know, five, six times already last 10 minutes. So you, you're flying under the radar a little bit, which means you have something to prove. And it's also been pointed out elsewhere that his top two schools that he was, he was going to that he held offers Clemson and Notre Dame. I mean, those are, you know, Phil and Trevor, those aren't easy roads to become a starting quarterback. Unlike other quarterbacks who are ranked higher looking for that early PT, he was choosing uh, the road of most resistance. And there's just something to be said about guys like that. And they're easy to root for. So if I'm talking Brendan Clark up more than he deserves, uh, there's a reason why. It's because he's, it's easy to do that because you want somebody who's balls out like that to do well. And my final example is in the limited playing time that he had at Notre Dame last season, he hit Brandon Lindsay for a touchdown. <laughs> it might have been Braden Lindsay by himself, but he still got the fucking ball in the yeah. guy's hands that everybody was screaming about to get the ball in the hands. He did that. He got it to him. It was a touchdown. It's fantastic. Glory B. That play was 100% Brandon Lindsay. Absolutely, but he had to get the ball, right? <laughs> he did. He did. You're right. I mean, he, it was it was 96.5% Brandon Lindsay. He still had to get the ball to him. <laughs> yep. And that's important. That's important for you to get your to get the there's quarterbacks the that missed that throw. There there's are quarterbacks who played in Notre Dame in the last else. four years who have missed that throw. The last two years, you got to know Brandon Woodbush. That's that. I didn't want to. I didn't want to put Brandon Woodbush on blast, but yeah, Brandon Woodbush would have skipped that path to him. Yeah, like I said, I love, it goes beyond. It's just getting Woodbush. getting it to the guys that are going to make plays for you. Like, hey, I know that Braden Lindsey can run past me, um, smoking a big cigar. Uh, I'm going to get the ball to this guy. That's as simple as that. Yeah. So no. So add all that together. And I think it's easy to root for Brendan Clark. I'm, I am, uh, I'm, I'm super excited for him and I cannot wait to see, uh, this spring to see what he can and cannot do. Uh, cause there's the whole lot that we don't know about him. Right. Like any opinion we have, like I have him or anybody else, it's kind of shit. We don't, we don't have enough data in front of us or enough, you know, eyeball time in front of them to really know I'm just going off of little bits and pieces. I see, and I like it. I liked it. I like it more than what I've saw of, of Phil. I'm sorry. I, I know someone was in love with some, uh, 30 yard pass. He had to the outs that fucking the ball was moving all over the place. It got there, you know, whatever I, he's got, that guy has all the physical tangibles you want, but I'm looking at a guy like Brendan Clark thinking, he can do more because he wants it more. There's there's some things to be said about KJ Wallace in the spring and the corner position and the wide receiver position. How does how does Kevin Austin look? But Josh, I'm sort of on board. I'm actually really excited to see what Drew Pine and Brennan Clark look like in yeah, Pine the is spring an early game. He'll be He's an too. early enrollee. Yeah. I am very excited to watch that second half of the Blue Goal game with Who the was getting the the 
and Jude, I know you're going to buy into this. Who is going to get the running start on Tyler Buckner and piss every fan off when they start ahead of Tyler uh, in 2021? Like <laughs> that, whoever wins this spring between Clark and, and Pine yeah, it's, oh. is going to have the running head start on 2021. And I would say has a fair shot that of being the starter and piss off everybody. And I am there for that mess. I spent an inordinate amount of time on Twitter in 2018 um, saying, why are you guys clamoring for Phil Dracovic to start over Brandon Wimbush? Like, you know, and they're like, oh, do you see his high school tape or whatever? Hmm. And then I would pull out Brandon Wimbush's high school numbers and they were eerily similar to Phil Dracovic. Oh, yeah, but you got to watch the tape. He's he's a once in a lifetime talent. Watch Brandon Wimbush's high it's, school tape. I was going to say 49th ranked recruit or whatever. Top 50 recruit. I, I just I mean, look, I was wrong about Brandon Wimbush, but people were wrong about Phil Dracovic starting as a true <laughs> freshman over Phil or uh, over uh, Brandon Wimbush. Exactly. So. And that's what we're saying here, right? Is that, yeah, that, that's such everyone a crap, was such wrong a about shoot. Ian Book. But so anyone that's buckling down like with a hardcore stance. Like this isn't Zaire Kaiser, which I think both sides had a buckle down stance. If you chose Zaire over Kaiser, you were wrong. Uh, but <laughs> I, but I think that you had more of a there was more of an argument to be made than Phil and Ian. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. To me, it's not even close. No, it's not. And it's not the four star kid with the highlight tape for Pennsylvania. It's this kid who committed to Washington State that has no business starting at Notre Dame, and yet here he is in the midst of one of the greatest runs we've had in the last thirty years. <laughs> it's just, pretty. It's I'm pretty super, phenomenal. Super happy he didn't grad transfer to Ole Miss so he could reunite with uh, his good friend Mike Leach. So, <laughs> or like uh, uh, one website. Oh, I'm sorry, I said Ole Miss, but I mean uh, Mississippi State. Oh, God. State. I, yeah. I was going to go off of, uh, of another website who, who thought he, you know, tr- grad transferred to Oklahoma because, <laughs> because Spencer Rattler doesn't exist. Yeah. Who's Spencer Rattler? Oh, you mean, uh, the Oklahoma quarterback to in the future. The five star. Another grad, grad tra- who do you, uh, Derek King's out there. Yeah. I think, right. uh, Derek King's going to land in Arkansas. According he's, to he's visiting Miami right now, according to message board warriors, doesn't, doesn't Oregon need a quarterback now? Sure do. They got Joe. They got Joe Moorhead, and he can bring his uh, offense that's entirely reliant on Saquon Barkley to town. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've been recording this podcast for almost an hour and thirty eight minutes, and we haven't fought for a good forty six minutes. Of that this. was the best line. Of the, that was a, that was the best line in the whole podcast. <laughs> Do we got anything else to get? I mean, we've already gone way over, so it doesn't really matter if we talk for another two minutes or another hour. Dude, make us holy, make us make us right. What 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 nice things? What nice things can you point to right now? I'm just I'm glad we got through Honda days. <laughs> <laughs> it's touch and go there. As a, as a proud owner of two Hondas myself, my wife yeah, works for we, my we wife actually, works for Toyota, and I'm sure she will be very upset for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I have nothing. Um, I'm just uh, I'm really glad to be back with you guys. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with with Brendan and, and Greg. Um, but it's always yeah, good to uh, be yelling at you for 45 <laughs> minutes. 
you know, I, I think, I, no, I, I think this is good too. I think this is good too. It's always great to have fearless leader with us. So Supreme Warlord, Lord, defender of the faith. Brennan, you got anything extra to get across your chat? Look, I, I mean, people ought to know that the T formation post that was published today, uh, number one, I'm trying to have some fun. Uh, so some people can calm down. Uh, <laughs> but I, but I am legit in saying that you can absolutely do that with not a whole lot of issue. I don't uh, think that you, you're wrong. And we've been yeah, talking about this, it. but I want to point out that, uh, running game coordinator, Lance Taylor put this shit on his Instagram story. So when we're running the T formation next year, jokes on you. Well, I would like, I would like to find out that any, anyone who went through any semblance of catechism or Catholic school or anything like that, who isn't Irish or Italian, isn't completely enamored with St. Francis of Assisi and isn't very well aware of the Tau cross. (laughs) And last I checked, that is just a T. So if we're going to call this formation, anything, we're going to be calling it the Tau cross, right? I mean, that is a T formation. Are they, are they all wearing Brown shirts underneath? They're they're wearing the Brown shirts and they got the birds up on the shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I don't know if you guys knew I tweeted this out, but, uh, uh, so my kids were at CCD on Wednesday night, all three of my kids uh, and my wife who teaches uh, the second grade class. And it was Ryan's first uh, reconciliation uh, Wednesday night. Uh, the separate building right next to the church, uh, whatever they whatever they call it, it's where they have all their, a lot of their classes. Yeah, it went up in fire. It went up <gasps> in oh, no. no. Whoa. So, but, so here's what <laughs> we're late so I can tell the story. So me being me, I work. I stayed up all night Tuesday night, and I was up all day Wednesday. And so, wife and kids, they all they all had to CCD and all that. Uh, much to my wife's uh, displeasure, because she thought I was going to be there uh, with her for Ryan's. I'm like, and eh, there's not much you have to do there. So, anyways, so I'm at home and I'm just kind of like still trying to stay awake, waiting for them to get home, so I put the kids to bed, and then I'll go to sleep. But I'm laying there and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. And I hear like a bazillion sirens. I'm a, we, we, we live in a small town, so sirens are a thing all the time. If anything happens, <laughs> volunteer firemen are the most gun ho people in the world. Uh, so, you know, it's not uncommon to hear the sirens, but it was a lot of them. And I'm sitting there laying on my bed and really for the first time all day with my phone out of my hands. And uh, I'm thinking, huh, that'd be weird if it was like, my wife and kids that they were racing to. And so <laughs> I'm laying in bed and I like, I, I need to pop up before I fall asleep. And I grab my phone and sure enough, there's a message there from whatever message system we use uh, for the, for the church and about your kids are evacuated fire. And I'm like, Holy fuck. So the first thing I do is call my wife and I hear her phone ring inside our house. So as soon as I hear like the first tone of her ring, I fucking take off within three feet. I've already pulled my hamstring. I make it down. (laughs) It is bad. I fly down the steps. I run out to my car. I fucking hightail it to the church. I have to park away from the church. It is blocked off by six, seven fire trucks, all directions. It's surrounded. So I just like park my car at, at this place 
Uh, I, I ended up leaving the door open. Continued to sprint. Kyle Rudolph style with a hamstring hanging off my leg. Against Michigan. Yeah. Make it in there. And uh, and I'm just kind of like, look, I'm trying not to look panicked. Uh, but I'm looking around for uh, for my kid, at least uh, my oldest and my youngest, uh, knowing that Ryan might have been in the church. Uh, so he's all right. Because like I said, this was a building next to the church. And they were all in there. I, and so uh, someone walks up and is like, oh, so-and-so uh, took you know, living Dylan back to your house. Like, okay, cool. I'm like, well, that's shit. So, (laughs) so I'm still kind of in a panic mode and I walk in into the church itself and there was a prayer going on, uh, with the priest and my wife caught eyes with me and I swear to God, I, I, I mouthed out what the fuck in the middle of a prayer. Um, I'm not sure why I'm telling everybody that confession and let it know, but my father Dan knew I was doing that when I was, but I was completely freaked out. Uh, so that's what happened to me Wednesday night. Uh, it was, I was a big wait, ball. Wait, 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 wait. But they got everybody Can- out. It was a supposedly, and this, this building is a fucking, I, I can't believe everyone made it out a lot. Like there was a couple of kids that had some really bad smoke inhalation, but it was some kind of electrical thing with a heater, uh, yada, 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 but it went up. <laughs> this was on Wednesday the 15th, right? Uh, Yeah. Josh, that's the day that Tommy Reese got hired as offensive coordinator <laughs> for Notre Dame. Do you think perhaps that's a sign that it is a sign of renewal that from the ashes? Uh, there is a Pente- there is a Pentecost feel here with the flame. Uh, so you you can be absolutely correct. And as a keeper and creator of the of Rhesus, I mean, it just it just wasn't the I, I, was it the, was it Wednesday or was it two? Yeah, it was Wednesday. Yeah, I don't know. I barely slept since fucking Sunday. So okay, yeah. Because then it was later on. It was later on Wednesday night when Tommy tweeted out Tommy. Which, if you stuck around long enough for this podcast, I can tell you, uh, hour forty five on the dot right there. Uh, there's gonna be some Tommy shirts coming out. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just googled it. The Northwest Signal. Um, yeah, it was Wednesday night. Uh, that God, the fire we occurred. Just, this whole podcast was just an awesome hodgepodge. It's my favorite one that Shoot. we've done yet. Um, Your favorite? So. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny is is uh, Jude and I today were messaging back and forth about some other uh, podcast shows and kind of critiquing it a little bit. Like that was really bad. <laughs> Hold my Hold beer. my beer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, hey. Well, I, I hope we know, didn't disappoint. I know what I know what your Gunner Keel came to Notre Dame. Does that do I get any credit for that? Uh, t- mm. Tom Hammond cares. <laughs> I'm right. not even going there. I'm not even going to well, go. No there. one, no one's listening at this point. <laughs> I just made I a bet so, no, another podcast. You know what I dig? My favorite podcast when I look, and I know this beat goes against everything that's said. They're like you know 45 minutes to an hour, but when my favorite podcast come out with an episode. And I see an hour and 50 minutes or oh, two yeah. hours and 19 yep. minutes. I start fucking getting excited because I know that the, I got me two, two solid hours of entertainment going my way. I hope you guys have got that. I don't know. If you, if you, got, if you didn't know, Jude and I really don't agree. That's why it was so great. I, I, that comment I made the other day on the site. 
this site is not an echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. it's not a monolith. Yeah. yeah. There, there is, I don't know. We're probably 50, 50 Jude. Uh, what should we agree on and shit we don't agree on? You probably, you probably want Navy on the schedule every year, probably twice. Don't you? No, I talked to you to my point of view, which was <laughs> have them once every four years. I thought, <laughs> no, and Hey, you know what? And you can you, this is, this is how cool we are. You can't, you got me around on that where I said, cancel Navy forever. You yeah. made your point about Navy once every four years. And I thought, you know what? It's That's like a great the one, fucking idea. It's the one time I've changed your mind in two years working with you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's why it sticks out in my head. Like, look, I am, I am not, I am not unflappable. That's a, that's a, uh, a negative comment, uh, about the podcast is that, uh, you know, Josh is something about, something about me being right. Well, fuck yeah. If I think I'm right, I'm going to come off as me thinking I'm right. But, I'm, <laughs> but my mind can be changed. I'm not, I'm not unmovable. I will defend every take, take I got to the death until proven wrong. And I will do an absolute 180 on the spot. Be like, Nope. Okay. I was wrong. I think I was wrong about the Navy. I think that's absolutely the best way to go about Navy is once every four years, everybody gets a shot. Always a home game because yeah. I see no point in them going to San Diego or Ireland or yeah. fucking Baltimore. If you're not going, if you're not going to go to Merchant Marine Stadium, what's the point? Agreed. Man, this, this thing just got crazy. <laughs> All right. That's it. Gentlemen, it's we been have a pleasure to, have serving to. with you. <laughs> Sounds like you're dying. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, uh, this was a little over a week since our last uh, podcast. Um, but now that Christmas is over and all that good shit, uh, for the five people still listening, we'll, we'll get more on a regular basis, which is still irregular. Uh, but it's there. there's a pattern to it. <laughs> I just won't. But uh, hopefully we get into more of that. It'd be a little bit more regular. So if you're more of a p- podcast listener than a OFD reader, maybe that's important to you. I don't know. Um, still got to have some solo shots here and there. Uh, at some point when I don't like completely extend uh, my non-sleep schedule. Uh, and that's about it. Should we do a word here that if you if you actually listen this long, you should type it in the comments section and just like it's a totally out of context word. Oh, I do love that. No um, one comments on the podcast posts anyways. <laughs> OK, fair enough. There's got to be there's got to be an incentive. If someone listened this long, there has to be an incentive if we're going to have them type of word. How about the first person? I, 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 I got the, I got this T-shirt. Well, then I'm going to just no, take a <laughs> that, that's that good, t-shirt so slick that I'm going to end up having my wife tweet you from that's her. So that's so funny. Yeah. That that uh, that that would probably cost me. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what we will do. I was willing to spend ten dollars to ask bag. Tony Jones Jr. on Cameo whether Tommy Reese preferred Tommy or Tom. <laughs> you could have brought him onto the podcast on the ten dollar, and that would have been the real play. Like, oh hey, how's it going? You're on our podcast now. Now you're ours. <laughs> if you stuck around this long, all you need to do is in the comment section type out Josh is wrong. <laughs> And then whatever else you want to say and whatever else you say, word for word, I will say on the next podcast. Oh, boy. All right. That's good. Whatever it is. I mean, within some reason. But I think we have reasonable readers and listen and listen. We're not going to read erotica or anything. 
No, I'm not going to read a political stance um, or uh, of any nature. Uh, but b- basically, with it, w- I, I am very, I am very broad. So just type out Josh is wrong, and then whatever you got to say, the next podcast, I'll read it. I'll give you a shot, and we will do it right off the jump. It won't be buried at the end. I will do it right at the jump. We'll give you the shout out and give you whatever you want, whatever you got to say. Uh, well, you want to review the podcast, tell me how fucking horrible I am or uh, Jude's insane uh, logic, <laughs> not being logical or, you know, just Brenda, the smirching uh, home Brenda, run pizza. That. Home run and pizza is just whatever you got. Whatever you got to say, we will say, because this has been a long podcast and uh, appreciate your dedication. Yeah, peace. We're out. Go Irish.